Well, it's that time again. All of us have returned from a monumental weekend, and oh boy, was it a weekend it was. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon to all the brand new listeners. Welcome to the OTC Outside the Comics podcast. The fourth episode is dropping, and I'd like to focus on something, well, let's just say on a lot of things, particularly just one. Monumental Weekend, Avengers Infinity War. This episode is going to be completely reviewing what just happened. What happened in the film. Pretty much everything that has transpired during it. Therefore, I have to warn you guys that this is a spoiler-filled review. Spoilers all around. So if you do not want to hear it, if you don't want to listen to me ramble on for 30 minutes or plus, please leave, please turn this off, go watch the film, come back, and then then you can listen to me ramble on and on. This is going to be a spoiler-filled review, so once again, you have been warned. Now, Before I start off, I have to say that I needed to see the movie twice in order for me to completely go in-depth about this particular movie. Because the first time that I saw it, I actually saw it Saturday night. And let's just say I didn't really have a good showing. Because there's always either that one guy or that one girl and when you go to the movies and for some odd reason will not shut the hell up for their life. It, it, it's always that one person, that one person that wants to ruin the movie for you. Very identical to you going to a horror film and for some odd reason a person laugh uh, when nothing is supposed to be funny. Or for some odd reason someone commentates during the movie and it was just, it was just awful. I didn't enjoy it as much as I did. So I saw the second showing... I'd say right now it's, uh, let's see, April 28th at 9.18. I actually saw the showing at 4 p.m. And I'm glad that I did because I was able to enjoy it a lot more. I was able to look more in depth in terms of what was going on, what was transpiring. And I had a blast. And hopefully everyone has had a blast as well. So to get started off. I'm going to address the, uh, first of all, big shout out to the Russo brothers. They have done a tremendous job with directing this film. Tremendous job. The fact that this movie has already crossed over $250 million domestically is an understatement. And it's already crossed, crossed, excuse me. 650 million dollars worldwide that means that that number is only going to get higher if you truly think about it because in some countries and in some areas like let's say the middle kingdom the movie is not going to get released until may 11th so if you think that black panther crossing a billion dollars out of the month was huge this one just pretty much blew it right out of the water so once again Tremendous job to the Russo brothers. And also give it a big shout out to the writers. The writers don't really get enough credit and I think they should. Big shout out to Christopher Marcus 
and Stefan or Stephen. I'm gonna call him Stefan. Stefan McFeely. McFeely. Sorry if I'm butchering that name or mispronouncing that name. Stefan McFeely. Screenwriters. Also, also high, high praise to these guys. These guys from start, literally from the very first scene, from start to finish, with the jokes, the 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 the, the little quips, the action, the comedy, everything. Big shout out to them. They've done a tremendous job. Whew. Well, let's get it. Let's get right down to business, shall we? Once again, for those of you who are returning to this channel, this episode of the OTC Podcast. Or, for those of you who are brand new, and again, this is brand new. This episode, spoiler filled. Not spoiler free. Spoiler filled. We're going to go into some heavy, heavy spoilers. You have been warned. Three, two, one. Let's dive into seeing the pink elephant in the room, or let's just say the purple elephant in the room. Thanos. Brilliant, brilliant villain. Brilliant villain. I don't think there was ever a villain that I believed could surpass the Joker from The Dark Knight until I've seen this guy. Josh Brolin killed it in this role. He absolutely nailed every single bit about this role. Going from his intentions to the emotion to his character to the literally unbroken aspect of this guy like... This dude absolutely nailed the role. So, and going right into it, Thanos is the mighty, this this entity, this being, that his sole main purpose is to wipe out half of the universe, wipe out half the population in the universe, because he believes without a shadow of a doubt that... This will achieve balance. Now let me stop right there for a second. If that's not... <laughs> like a psychopath is like an understatement when it comes to this guy. But throughout the film, when you see him, like his reasoning and why he's doing what he's doing. In a way you kind of understand... Not, not really understand. Like understand is not really the right word. But you kind of... In a way, see his point of view, especially when his entire motivation was literally for his daughter, uh, Gamora. So, you know, a lot of people would always ask me or, you know, find some way to be like, oh, a movie is not as great as this villain. In some cases, that is true, but... There has to be a balance, no pun intended, a balance in terms of what the hero is doing and what the villain is doing. And what makes this movie so good, and, and I understand a lot of people is going to disagree with me on this. But what makes this film so good is the fact that the villain won. The villain won. It took every member of the Avengers, well I wouldn't say every member of the Avengers, but we'll get more on that later. It took 
the my, Earth's mightiest heroes to try to stop him from achieving his goal, and he did it. He freaking did it. So, if that's not mighty, I don't know what is. Oh, man. There's so much to cover about this movie. First of all, let me... Let me start off with the positives, and then I'll dive a little bit into the negatives. Positives. Let's see. (sighs) The comedy. The comedy was well on point from the, the Tony Stark to the Hulk, Rocket Raccoon, Mantis, Drax. Drax was awesome. Drax delivered his, his lines perfectly with... From Dave Batista going from a pre WWE wrestler to where he is now, bravo to that guy. Bravo. There's a particular scene where he's watching Gamora and Star Lord, you know, talking and making out, and then he's just eating these. I don't know what they were, peanuts or some kind of some kind of form of nuts. I have no idea. And all of a sudden he goes, oh, I'm invisible. I'm invisible. <laughs> How long have you been standing there? An hour. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant acting. Holy crap, brilliant acting. Oh, man. Thor and Rocket Raccoon. Uh, them, uh, those two being together. Um... Great chemistry, especially with Thor. I felt, I think I felt bad for Thor pretty much most out of the entire cast because he, he's the only one that literally lost every single person that meant more to him with the exception of the Avengers, obviously. He lost his mom, he lost his dad, he lost his brother, he lost his best friend, he lost so much. So he, I honestly believe that he had more motivation to stop and kill Thanos pretty much more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. At least, at least that's just my opinion. Rocket Raccoon, good with his quips, with him going to uh, the Winter Soldier, be like, how much is for that? How much is the gun? Gun's not for sale. All right, how much is that arm? Winter Soldier walks away from him. He goes, oh, I'm going to get that arm. Oh, man. The chemistry between Iron Man and Doctor Strange was also good. I I think that's probably my favorite out of the entire film because, for one thing, when they were speaking to each other and the dialogue was, you know, pretty unique between them because they both kind of had similar uh, personalities and the fact that they both played Sherlock Holmes in one aspect and I'm like, oh, yeah. Snap, Sherlock Holmes, that's pretty cool. So, that was good to see. Um, Doctor Strange actually surprised me a lot because he was the one that literally knew what was going to happen. There was a brief scene where he was looking through, I think he said 14,605 possibilities of how they could stop Thanos, and all of them failed except one. And then that, in turn, enabled the ending 
to come to pass. We'll get more on that later. Like I said, I'm still noting, uh, I'm, I'm still quoting the positives. Um, let's see. I, I saw the movie twice and I'm still trying to remember every single thing. I, I apologize if I miss anything, but like I said, I'm, I'm listening, I'm listing my personal favorites. Um, I feel like the chemistry between Scarlet Witch and Vision could have been utilized just a little bit more, but at the same time, it was just the amount that the movie definitely needed in order to make you feel for the characters, to make you feel for Vision, to make me feel for what Scarlet Witch had to go through. So, that was really done uh, very well. Uh, let's see. I think, in my personal opinion, there were a lot of questions that were asked to me because immediately all I kept on going was, why did the ending the way happened? Uh, why, why, why did it have to happen? So for those of you who are still confused, we'll go into the in-depth analysis. As stated before, Thanos is the being that wants to achieve balance in the universe. The best way for him to do that is to eliminate half of the population of the universe, right? Once he gathers all six infinity stones, where you have power, space, time, mind, soul, and reality, once he gathers all six infinity stones, he's pretty much like a deity at that matter, where he snaps his finger, uh, he snaps his fingers, and then all of a sudden, Everything goes to his bidding. Those snapping of the fingers is literally one of the most monumental moments in Marvel Comics history because it foretells, not foretells, it shows that literally anything and everything can be wiped out instantly. And that's exactly what we saw in the movie. In my opinion... I thought this was done extremely well because this movie was literally all about him, his motivations, his desire to achieve his goal, his feelings towards his daughter, uh, Gamora. It, it, this, in my, it, this movie could have been called Thanos Infinity War or Avengers Thanos, like something. This was his movie from beginning to end. But when the movie started and then you see Amnil dying and you saw Loki dying you immediately thought to think to yourself ooh so that's what we're going to go into yep because i realized that when the comics credit showing where it says Marvel Studios shows every every Marvel movie that shows this usually has the background sound but you don't hear the background music, the Avengers theme. You don't hear that. All you hear is a distress signal from someone dying from the Asgardian ship that they escaped from from Thor Ragnarok. Immediately you think to yourself, holy crap, shit's about to go down. And by far, it did. Through the middle portions of the movie... I thought that the flow was actually done very well up until the second half. 
I mentioned this before when I briefly reviewed about the, the, the Defenders. Whenever a movie has a lot of characters, and this movie had, like, I think over 60 characters, it's hard to maintain each person's spotlight and give them an equal amount of time. It's really hard to do that. It's probably why in a lot of shows, like, you see the Defenders, or you see, um, you know, X-Men, or... The, the, the first Avengers, in my opinion, did it right. Justice League, not so much. Um, you have to make sure that each character has their own moment, their, their own ability to shine. So that way, the audience can not only gravitate towards each character in an equal way, but the film can be well-balanced. That should be the caveat word, balanced, because that's what this movie was about. Balance! Anyway. So... I felt like the movie actually did very well up until the second act. But then, when the second act... Uh, no, I'm sorry, not second act. The second half. When the second half of the movie happened, everything was all jumbled. Because you had three different fight scenes. Or was it two? See, I, I just saw the movie and I can't even remember that well. <laughs> uh, not three different fight scenes. I apologize. There were two specific fight scenes, but there were three locations because you had Captain America's side on Earth dealing with Thanos' minions. You had Iron Man's side with uh, Spider-Man, Star-Lord, Doctor Strange on Titan dealing with Thanos himself. Then you had Thor with Groot and Rocket Raccoon trying to build his new weapon, his new axe, the Stormbreaker. So whenever these three scenes would, uh, whenever these three locations would just jump from scene to scene to scene, I kind of felt like the movie was a little bit all over the place, and it didn't really have a good structured flow. At least that's again that this is completely my opinion. I still enjoyed it, but that was kind of a nitpicky thing that I had. Also, another nitpicky thing that I have since we're diving into the negatives now, I guess. Um, there were questionable moments that certain characters were doing that I just found like, okay, very inconsistent, but I guess I can deal with it. For a specific example, um, there was a scene where Thanos is trying to find the reality stone and Drax, Star-Lord, Gamora, and Mantis all finally track him down. So, Drax obviously wants to kill Thanos for revenge for his family. Star-Lord is there telling him, no, don't do it, we don't have the stone yet, just wait, and then we'll, we'll get him. And then, you know, Drax was about to literally ruin everything until Mantis stopped him. Now, picture that scene all the way towards the end where... Iron Man's side, everyone pretty much subdues Drax. I'm, I'm sorry, holy crap. They subdue Thanos. Drax got him, Spider-Man got him, Mantis got him, everyone has him. And Star-Lord comes up to him and go, where's Gamora, where's Gamora? And he finds out that Thanos kills Gamora. So, 
it was Iron Man that pretty much had to tell him, dude, we almost got the glove off because they were trying to remove the Infinity Gauntlet away from Thanos' arm. They were pretty much was like, dude, no, don't do it. Give, give him more time. We almost got this off. So I kind of felt like that inconsistency was like a complete 180 from Star-Lord's point of view all the way to the shoe being on the other foot. Now, there's an argument can be made for that because with him finding out that Gamora is dead, then all of a sudden it's like, you know what, you kind of feel for him, but what if he just, like, a few more minutes, like, maybe one more minute or 30 seconds at least, maybe, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe, you know, things could have been different. Eh, things could have been different. Uh... Another inconsistency that I didn't like was the Hulk, but then, but then again, as I'm diving more into it, I kind of understand why. The Hulk was very underutilized in this movie. Very, very underutilized. He was barely in the movie in general. And I know that's going to piss off a lot of Hulk fans, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to justify it the best I can. So, in the beginning of the movie, Hulk pretty much fights... Thanos one-on-one -on -one, like an actual fist fight and he gets the shit kicked out of him like Thanos is whooping his ass like it's nothing like straight up bully beat down his ass all right so since then throughout the entire film Bruce Banner is like come on Hulk come on like 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 you know he was trying to Hulk out and Hulk is like no no and Bruce is like, yo, what the fuck? Like, dude, we need you. We need you. No, I don't want to. No. <laughs> and there were a couple of funny moments where Bruce is like, ah, you big green asshole. I'll do it myself. I, he's such a pussy or something. And I thought to myself, I'm like, wow, he's very underutilized in this movie. Then looking at it from another side, playing devil's advocate here. The Hulk just got beaten to shit by Thanos, and not even his strength was enough to take him down. So it kind of makes sense why Hulk would have a sense of fear, and he's like, no, you guys got this, I'm good, whatever. Oh yeah, by the way, another inconsistency, how the hell did Bruce Banner get the Hulkbuster? I mean, it was pretty cool, but how the hell did he get that in his disposal? Huh. That's, uh, that's a pretty good question. Pretty good question indeed. Anyway, moving on. So, these are just little nitpicky things that I've noticed. But, overall, I still enjoyed the crap out of this movie. So, the fight scenes were good. The comedy was good. But, let's address... <laughs> let's let's address as to why what a lot of people were confused about the deaths so we have four actual deaths and everybody else pretty much just fucking vanished like oh man so by by listing uh the ones in order or at least off the ones off the top of my head Loki is gone. 
Amnail is gone. Uh, let's see who else. Vision is gone. And of course, Gamora is gone. And of course, for Gamora to be gone, Thanos pretty much had to sacrifice her life in order to get the Soul Stone, which nobody knew at all except for her and Red Skull. And and just a quick note, it was actually pretty cool to see Red Skull again, only I kind of miss his Nazi uh, Nazi accent, but I I don't know if he still had it, but whatever. Um, So that was the only way for him to retrieve the Soul Stone. That brief moment, not Gamora dying, but for Thanos to stand there crying because he loves Gamora. He loves his stepdaughter. And seeing that was actually, it was a testament to actually humanize who he is and humanize that he doesn't want to do it. But he will do whatever it takes for him to accomplish his goal. And again, this goes back to me saying that this by far is the perfect villain. With the Joker from The Dark Knight, we're going to switch topics here just a tiny bit. The Joker with the Dark Knight, How? why is he a great villain? Because he pushes the protagonist, which is Batman, to the brink of madness. He pushes him and pushes him and beats him at a psychological state. There is no rhyme. There is no reason to do what he does. He just does it because he simply wants to. Like Alfred said, some men just want to watch the world burn. So he was an awesome villain in that movie, in The Dark Knight. Let's move on to recently, Black Panther. Why was Killmonger an awesome villain? Because you sympathize with him. What makes a villain extremely good is the fact that the villain has to believe in their cause so much that you actually have to see from their point of view as well. That you would have the audience connect to him in some way. And of course, if his ideology or his reasoning, if it's enough to beat uh, the protagonist, then he's already won. For the Joker, what does he need to do to beat Batman? They're all in the entire comics. What does he need to do to beat Batman? He has to make Batman break his one rule. And Batman does not kill. Right? For Killmonger, what does he need to do to beat Black Panther? He wants to expose Wakanda to the world. He wants to ensure that all the other minorities, all the other black people... In the world, do not suffer under slavery, under leadership, under rule, under nothing. He wants his ideologies to be met. And if you truly think about it, for those of you who don't know, he actually won. Spoilers for Black Panther. He actually won. He beat Black Panther not once, but twice. The first one was in hand-to-hand combat, and the second one, even though he died, even though he died... He, his ideologies were met by Black Panther. Perfect villain. Now, let's turn this around and go back to Thanos. 
Now, Thanos believes in balance. Extraordinary villain who, in my personal opinion, in my personal opinion, is kind of overpowered, but not broken in a way. I, I guess he's just completely strong. He kicked everybody's ass. He met his goals. He achieved what no one else has done. He wiped out half of humanity. And apparently, he's been doing this countless times because Gamora, uh, Bruce Banner, and almost everybody else uh, has said, Yeah, this is who this guy is. This is what he's done. We're going to have to do whatever we can to stop them. And by the old, they failed. Gamora, I believe, was a little underutilized in this movie. I thought that maybe her role would have done, that she would have done just a little bit more. Uh, maybe would have continued off fighting Thanos, or maybe have found some way to maybe off herself, even though they kind of showed that. Um, just today, someone asked me, do I feel bad not giving a crap about Gamora's death. And honestly, I have to say, no, you shouldn't really feel bad because it didn't really hit you in your chest the way the other deaths happened. But Thanos crying and him seeing that he had to sacrifice the one he loved in order to get what he wanted, it kind of did hit you a little bit, just, just a tiny bit. And, and we're all human beings. We all have we all have feelings. You know, it's it's human nature. What are you gonna do? No one, no one expected for half of the Avengers, for half of the people, to just vanish the way they did. You know, going back with the four confirmed deaths, and then going now into the people that have vanished. Oh man, off the top of my head, Scarlet Witch, Doctor Strange, uh, Bucky, Falcon, you know, you got the Black Panther, oh my god, you got uh, 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 half of the Wakandan tribe, you got Mantis, and Drax, and Star-Lord, and Groot, the, the, the two that hit me the hardest was Groot and Spider-Man. Groot because that's the second time that Rocket saw him die. The second time. The first one was a heartbreaker. If you've never seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, go see it after this episode is done. After you finish hearing this episode, go freaking see that movie. Even though you should already have before you saw Avengers 3, but that's, you know, whatever. That's, yeah. That, that one hit me the most. Rocket Raccoon saw him die twice. And Spider-Man vanishing. He held, he holds Tony Stark together. And all he kept on saying was, I don't want to go, I don't want to go, I don't want to go, I don't want to go. And it makes you see once more that even though he's the amazing Spider-Man, that he's this awesome Guy that got bitten by the radioactive spider and that can web sling and can, you know, can be funny and can be awesome and can be, you know, 
the web-slinging, wall-crawling dude that we all love. At the end of the day, he's still just a boy. He's still just a kid. And you see that when the moment that he gets scared and he's afraid that he is going to die. And before he vanishes, he looks up to his father figure. Where Tony Stark is definitely a father figure to him now. And he looks at him and he goes, I'm sorry. And Tony Stark just watches him. He just watches him into dust. And he sits there with his hands in his face. Thinking that it was all his fault. Thinking grief. Thinking uh, sadness. Guilt. So much is going. So much is going on. And again, to me, this is why the ending of the movie was perfect. Because the Avengers failed. How often have you ever seen a movie where the villain actually wins? Where it took so much from beginning to end. Where all of the heroes from 10 years, 10 years from Iron Man 2008... Gather all together to face this one guy and his army, and they failed. It's it's monumental. I, I know I keep saying that word a lot. It's monumental at its core. And honestly, I I know I'm a comic book nerd or a geek or whatever you want to refer to me as. I have no idea where they're going to go with this. You could hear tons of people, hundreds of people, and their theories on what's going to happen. You know, you, you, can, you can hear tons of people give their in-depth analysis like I'm doing now. Yeah, 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 go figure. You can hear tons you can read articles, you can read books, you can even go back to the comics themselves. No one knows what's going to happen except the directors and the writers. <laughs> and the funny thing is, we have to wait an entire year for the story to be continued. But, to go back to what I was saying, Tony, uh, excuse me, <laughs> train of thought. Groot and Spider-Man vanishing, that, that hit me hard. Like, that hit me hard. And just to point out, after the movie was done, there was a little girl that was sitting right next to me in the theater, and she was bawling her eyes out. She was straight up crying. And her dad tried to calm her down, and he was like, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay, they, I think they are going to come back, they are going to come back, and all she kept on saying was, no they're not, no they're not, and then his son, who was sitting right next to him, he just go, he, excuse me, sorry, uh, he just goes, why did they, why did they make this movie, like, why, why would they do that, why would they do that, and I'm like, wow, you know, because for adults and young uh, people like myself and like countless others, you know, we we kind of ex we kind of expect that they are going to come back in some way, but we don't know how. An average child, where a movie like this is owned by Disney, 
owned by Disney, and they don't even know, and they 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 believe the illusion that wow, their favorite heroes are gone for good. That's what makes a movie a movie. That's what makes a movie an extraordinary film. The fact that it could hit people in areas where you don't even know that you would feel, man. You don't even know if you feel in your chest and your in your eyes and 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 you're like, "Oh my goodness." If you don't believe me, go on Facebook right now. Go on Google right now and look up Infinity War memes, and you will see countless people where it's like, "Oh, people how they are before Infinity War." You just see a guy like, you know, happy or He's smiling and he's all delightful. And as soon as the movie ends, they sit down in their cars. Um, I just saw one today where a woman was from from a scene from a movie. I don't remember what, but she was like, "No, no, no! It's not happening! No, no!" The Russo brothers pushed the movie to its. Not even to its breaking point. They pushed way farther than that. No one saw that this was happening. Obviously, we expected that maybe one or two or three characters would die. Because it went up to this point. No one predicted something like this. No one. And if you say that you do, you're a freaking liar. You are a freaking liar if you thought... If you just predicted that something like this was going to happen the same exact way. No one. Absolutely no one. Change my mind. If you think I'm mistaken. Change my mind. Oh boy. Whew. Oh, yes. Um, the ending. Ending, uh, the end credit. Only one end credit scene. You see, Nick Fury and the guy, and I, it's, it's, it's funny, until this day I still don't know her name. Uh, uh, Jeremy Johns, shout out to Jeremy Johns. Jeremy Johns referred to her as Agent Hottie, so I'm just gonna call her Agent Hottie because she she is freaking hot. If if you watch How I Met Your Mother, which I'm assuming a lot of you have, um, she she's gorgeous. She's she's freaking hot, and uh, she disappears, and then Nick Fury disappears, and then Nick Fury before he disappears, he uh, sends a signal to this analog beeper whatever that shit is and it goes sending 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 dot 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 logo and what logo is that is captain marvel's logo captain marvel the badass of badassery if you don't know com- if you haven't read comics or if you have no idea who captain marvel is trust me i will break down who she is in another episode in a future episode captain marvel is coming Next March 2019, be prepared to see her movie. The next Avenger. Funny thing is, <laughs> funny thing is, like a lot of people were like, "What? What? What? What was that in, in the movie theater?" And then I just shout out, "Captain Marvel!" Yeah. And some woman behind me goes, "Who the hell is Captain Marvel?" <laughs> Everybody was laughing like crazy. <laughs> But yes, Captain Marvel's movie is the next one. Actually, no, the next one is Ant-Man and the Wasp. But I kind of feel like the events of Ant-Man actually is going on 
or would happen before the events of Infinity War, which in my mind, I kind of feel like that was a bad move to do. I think they should have put in Infinity War at least a month or two before Avengers, like maybe March or April, not, not even April, like maybe the beginning of April or sometime in March because Black Panther was in February. If the storyline is, of course, set before Infinity War. Because you look at the trailer and you're thinking to yourself, oh wow, everything looks peachy. Um, but there was a scene in um, Infinity War in the beginning, in the first act, where Black Widow referred to, you know, Scott and Clint, Hawkeye and Ant-Man, where they were like, yeah, their families were in danger or something and they were on house arrest. Then you see the trailer of Ant-Man and him, his girlfriend, and Michael Douglas' character, the original Hank Pym, are pretty much running away from Homeland Security or the government or whoever's chasing them. So, it's hard to determine whether the events is happening before Infinity War or after. I'm assuming it's before. I'm strongly assuming it's before. But then again, we won't know until we've seen the film or the movie. Which, by the way, tomorrow, uh, August, I was about to say August, wow. April 29th is a new trailer dropping for Ant-Man 2. I will not be watching it because I don't like watching trailers after the first one. Because I think trailers spoil the shit out of movies. So, if all of you would want to see the trailer, by all means, go for it. Please don't ask me in any way, shape, or form what the trailer means or what do I think of it because again I will not be watching it so that's just me um I also found out that a lot of people has been asking where was Hawkeye in the entire movie why his picture was never promoted in the posters why he was never shown in any promotional video why was he never shown at all turns out that he was never in the movie and they're saving him for Avengers 4. So for those of you die-hard Hawkeye fans that's been giving that's been signing petitions or you know are saying burn this movie down because Hawkeye is not in it, like the Russos say, patience is a virtue. If we didn't see him getting killed off-screen or vanish off-screen, chances are he's still alive. And we will be seeing him either maybe in the next Ant maybe in the next Ant-Man movie. You never know. Or we'll probably see him in Captain Marvel next March. You never know. So, again, be patient. That's that's all I that's all I have to say. Just just be extremely patient. Um, I also wonder what happened to Valkyrie. You know, because she was definitely ahead of a, a, a good a good player, a good character from Thor Ragnarok. And we didn't really see her get demolished or killed or anything. And, like, the thing about movies, if, they, if they're not killed on screen, then they haven't been killed at all. So, that's, that's, that's just the way it is. <laughs> An interesting rule when it comes to movies. But, once again, have patience. Whew. Well, I pretty much touched about everything that I needed to touch based on. Sorry if I just rambled on and on and on and if I repeated a couple of things. Overall, 
this was a fantastic movie. Wasn't perfect, um, but I still enjoyed it. And if you haven't seen it yet, and if you just listen to me ramble on and on for a good 45 minutes, and you didn't care about spoilers, or if you have seen it and you do want to see it again, then by all means, go see it again. Whichever the case, I'm going to be excited when the full-length DVD comes out. And I'm hoping it's over three hours long, because I really want to see what exactly they cut out, and I'd rather enjoy it in its full potential. That's just me. I'm sure a lot of you feel the same way. So, by all means, Avengers Infinity War has happened. It's done. The numbers are going to continue to get bigger. And chances are, I am going to see it again. I'm definitely going to see it again. That's all the time that I have for today. Fourth episode of the OTC podcast. Still learning, still growing, still going strong. I don't know what I'm going to review for next time, but there's always something going on in the world of comics. Take care of you guys, and we'll see you next time. And as of right now, I am done, I am through, I am out.